It's a Tuesday episode of Locked on Canes. Thank you for making us your first Miami Hurricanes listen each and every day on this episode. Miami gets a big commit, literally a big commit for the offensive line in the class of 2023, and they get him from the land down under. Plus, we are going to talk everything spring football, transfer portal, and recruiting thus far under the Mario Cristobal era with special guest Gabby Yerudia from Inside the U. We're just four days away from the Miami spring game. Let's go. Time is absolutely flying as we build up to the University of Miami spring game. It'll be the first spring game of the Mario Cristobal era. Hurricanes will take the field at Lockhart Stadium at Fort Lauderdale this Saturday, April 16th. When we have Gabby Yerudia on with us a little bit later from InsideTheU.com and 24-7 Sports, he covers recruiting and he covers Miami on a daily basis. Love to get his expectations on what he's looking for in the spring game. It's always an interesting thing when you head into one of these because you can only really get so much out of individuals, especially in the trenches, because, you know, you're not going to try to kill each other. That's just the reality when it's Miami Hurricane versus Miami Hurricane. You're not going to get the full benefit of the bone crushing tackles and, you know, really seeing a safety like James Williams is at least I hope not going to be trying to decapitate anyone on the field or anything like that. But um, I think overall, I'm looking forward to seeing how much we can judge Miami's attitude, physicality, swagger, all of these things Mario Cristobal wants to intensify and recreate from the glory days. We know it the way that Cristobal has been handling practices, right? It's happened a few times, including a time that was documented uh, last Thursday's practice when Cristobal stopped practice and he chewed his team out. He chewed his team out because he didn't like the speed and intensity with which they were executing. Um, and a couple of players who spoke about it afterwards said, yeah, you know what? This is this has happened before, <laughs> that this is not the first time Mario has stopped us to kind of read us the riot act. So um, he's really trying to, to make these guys more intense and more physical. Uh, that much is not a secret here. Um, I, I do think we're going to be watching some of the skill position players at the spring game putting on a show. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke has had an excellent spring period so far. Handful of the receivers and tight ends are really, really standing out. Jacoby George has gotten a lot of praise. Keyshawn Smith, Xavier Restrepo. I mean, coming out of that second scrimmage this past Saturday where Mario Cristobal said, hey, the offense won the day this time. Defense won the first scrimmage. Offense won the second scrimmage. He said Xavier Restrepo took over. Elijah Arroyo and Jaleel Skinner, tight end, made some big plays as well. And coaches liked what he's seen from the running back group. Um, you know, an area that it was nice to hear Cristobal complimentary of was the offensive line. Sounded like they had a much better second scrimmage than they had first scrimmage. And that's a unit Mario is continuing to target. Uh, Jonathan Dennis, we talked about him on yesterday's episode. Coming in to Miami through the transfer portal from Oregon. So he's following Cristobal and Mirabal to Miami. We already had another Oregon transfer offensive lineman who I think is going to make more of an immediate impact at the U. Logan Sogapolu leaves Oregon for Miami. And the Hurricanes are working that recruiting cycle for the class of 2023. Miami lands a big verbal commit. 
six foot five, three hundred fifteen pound offensive lineman out of Australia, Frankie Tinalau has just verbally committed to Miami, and he was very excited to do so on social media. He comes from the land down under, six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds. Now. You're going to see something about this player if and when you inevitably look him up on the internet. And, you know, those of us who are into college football and we're recruiting junkies, when a player comes on your radar or you land a verbal commit for a player, what's the first thing we do? We go to Rivals.com. We go to 247.com and see what the rankings are, how many stars they've got. Frankie Tinelau doesn't have any of that stuff yet. So you're going to see that, oh, this player is not ranked by any of the major recruiting outlets. You're going to say, well, why not? What's wrong with him? Is this an under-the-radar guy? Is he not that good? He just doesn't have any of that stuff yet because he's played on the other side of the world, that the scouts from these publications have not flown out to Australia to look at him, uh, so he doesn't have those rankings yet. So here's the situation for this player, and it's kind of interesting because Frankie Tenelau committing to Miami it's, you know, it's a longer term thing because he's got to play one more high school season before he actually comes into the U. He's a class of 2023 commit. So he's coming over from Australia and he's going to enroll this summer in high school at Miami LaSalle. He's going to play there this fall. So that's when, you know, we're going to get these video scouting reports you Can go out and watch him play in person. You're going to know just how good this player is, but he certainly he certainly looks the part at six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds, and it's also going to make you feel good to know that Miami was not the only, has not been the only program. You have to say has not been because a verbal commit. I'd like to think this is solid, and he's going to be matriculating at Miami. You know, about a year from now, hopefully an early enrollee, in early enrollee next year. But you know, we know a reality in the recruiting game is sometimes verbal commits will decommit, change their mind, flip. It happens all the time. Uh, so hopefully he's going to be coming to Miami, but he has, for the moment, chosen Miami over Arizona State, Florida, and Florida State. So those were his other finalists, and he announced and seemed very proud to announce his commit to Miami all over his social media channels on Monday. And I got to tell you, I need to find out who does the web graphics for some of these high school players coming out. Like. <laughs> Some of these players, when they announce their commits, when they're 16, 17 years old, they've got better graphics on social media. The edits, they've got better edits than some of the professional teams in major sports like the NBA, NFL, NHL. So I got to tell you, recruiting has just become so different. Uh, you know, it used to be a player would call into a local radio station or give the quote to a local newspaper reporter. Nowadays, players do live television broadcasts, sometimes live streams. They have these elaborate edits on their social media. And here's what uh, Frankie Tinelau put on his Instagram page. He said, I let's make this thing official. I am committing to the University of Miami. Uh, and he's got a great graphic. And man, uh, <laughs> he does not look like a teenager. This guy looks like a grown man already. He's got a great graphic on the Instagram. He he tagged Coach Ed Pata, Coach Mirabal, Coach Cristobal, uh, Coach Salavea, and a whole bunch of different Miami Hurricanes uh, news sites and recruiting accounts. So he is very, very proud to be hitting Miami in the class of 2023. Here's what he told InsideTheU.com. Quote, 
it would be fun playing for a head coach who's a former offensive lineman. So, okay, sounds to me like Mario Cristobal being a former offensive lineman himself and a longtime offensive line coach, including at the Alabama Crimson Tide before he became a head coach, that that had something to do with Tinelau picking Miami. Very happy to have him aboard. So here's another player that's on Miami's radar. Uh, Let's go back to the transfer portal for this one. So Tinelau is going to be a natural commit class of 2023. Miami's trying to add another offensive lineman through the transfer portal this cycle. Georgia offensive lineman Amarius Mims has announced this week he's entering the portal. Uh, Miami is believed to be competing with Florida State for Mims. Florida is also reportedly in the mix. Now, uh, there's an extra layer. If you're talking about a guy transferring from Georgia to Florida, if Florida does sort of win over his heart, uh, he would have to apply for special permission from the SEC to not have to sit out a year because the SEC has an internal rule that if a player transfers from one SEC school to no- to another, if they don't get in the portal by February 1st and he didn't make that cut, two and a half months removed. If they don't get into the portal by February 1st, they don't automatically get to play immediately the next year. They've got to apply for special permission. So just keep that in mind. Maybe if he feels like I don't want to jump through those hoops or there's not a good chance they would grant me that permission, that may make it tougher for Florida. Uh, But Florida is in the mix, as are Miami and Florida State. Some of the thinking there uh, with Mims is we've noticed uh, a handful of players on the offensive line have been hitting the portal to leave Georgia recently, that they may be a little bit behind with their name, image, and likeness programs, and that NIL may be influencing the decision of where he ends up. Uh, Miami has actually been surprisingly ahead of the curve on name, image, and likeness since they officially opened that up last year. Florida State seems to be doing pretty nice job in that as well. So you know, depending on how important name, image, and likeness is, in fact, Josh Newberg from 24-7 Sports tweeted exactly that. He says, I'm hearing FSU and Miami are battling it out for Amarius Mims, and NIL will play a major factor there. This guy uh, is gigantic. If he does wind up at Miami, he's going to be instantly in the offensive line rotation, if not a starter. Now, when we talk about rotation, something that Cristobal and Mirabal like to do in Oregon was They like to have an eight-man offensive line rotation. They like to use eight guys in the same game. Uh, Mims is six foot seven, three hundred thirty pounds, and he's got an eighty-five inch wingspan. So he has all the measurables to be a great offensive lineman in the ACC and a great member of the Miami Hurricanes rotation if they can land him. When we come back, we're going to talk recruiting and we're going to talk spring ball. So far, as we're just four days away from Miami spring game. Gabby Yerudia from Inside the U is going to join us. My friends, I'm a big fan of sports wagering and getting the best sports betting information possible. BetOnline.net, they are your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. This place gets me educated and they bring my knowledge up so that I can hit my wagers with the most and best possible information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are starting this week, and the start of Major League Baseball season. We're less than a week into that. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting, which is a game changer, to playoffs, esports, and more. I'm starting to get into that a little bit more, by the way. Guys, it's 2022 esports now. 
is becoming bigger and bigger, and that includes the gambling space, and BetOnline has all your info there. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Canes your first listen of the day. This is an exciting week as we're counting down to the spring game this Saturday. And someone who's really helped me count it down with so much news and so much insight covers the Miami Hurricanes and recruiting for Inside the U 24-7 Sports. Gabby Yerudia is with us. And, you know, Gabby, we've quoted so many things you've written on this show. I feel <laughs> like I might as well bring the man himself on. So how are you, sir? I'm, d- I'm doing well, Don. I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, it's I- I'm glad to be here. Of course, man. And there's so much going on offensive line transfer portal and players we're targeting for the class of 2023 which is not surprising given that group needs some work and Mario Cristobal he's an offensive line coach at heart Alex Mirabal is one of the best in the business so talk to me about uh, someone we were just talking about in the last segment Miami's newest O-line commit for next year class of 2023 I see this young man is huge six foot five 315 Frankie Trinolau. I don't know a whole lot about him because he's from the land down under uh, and he doesn't have you know a lot of rankings and scores given he's he's going to come over play a year of high school ball in South Florida uh, before joining the Miami Hurricanes. So what can you tell me about this player? Yeah I mean you said I mean, I mean big body kid six foot five three fifteen ish uh, got an like an 80 81 inch wingspan so roughly six foot 11 inch wingspan um, big kid, man. I, I got to see him in March when he went, when Miami offered him, I kind of went down to the school to kind of get eyes on this kid. I was like, who's this gigantic Australian offensive lineman that's going to play at LaSalle? You know, that's naturally extremely intriguing for me. So, um, you know, he's, he's definitely, he definitely looks the part and, you know, maybe doesn't have a ton of stars next to his name right now. And maybe doesn't have all the offers that you would expect uh, Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal to maybe gush over, but you know, this is a guy that they like. And, you know, even just talking to people that have experience around Oregon or have been around them, like th- th- these are the types of evaluations that they'll make, find these big bodied guys that kind of fly under the radar and, and really, you know, take one of these developmental types that they think could really help them, like, or could really develop in their system. I mean, I think it's two of the most brilliant offensive line minds in the game. And, you know, I think when they, when they evaluate someone and they decide this is someone we want, I think you got to kind of trust them. So there's not a lot of intel on him. There's not a lot of information. Was really excited to really kind of just see him, you know, maybe even in the summer when he makes it down to the, back to the States or, you know, in the fall when he plays for LaSalle here in Coconut Grove, not far from Miami's campus. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to kind of see how he moves around. But, you know, I think from a body type standpoint and what he can sort of do, I think that you got to be pretty intrigued by, by Tinelau. Yeah, and not only, uh, like you said, is Cristobal trying to recruit O-linemen the same way he did at Oregon, he's also literally taking offensive linemen from Oregon. Like, Logan Sogopolu had already come in uh, in recent months from the transfer portal, and Miami uh, added Jonathan Dennis, who uh, a little bit more of of a blank slate because he doesn't have a whole lot of collegiate experience, but he's got four years of eligibility left, and, and this is a player that the staff was high on in Oregon, so... What what uh, sort of a role do you think uh, if if he's able to get healthy again, Jonathan Dennis can play in Miami's rotation? Yeah, you know, I think he could be a contributor. Uh, I mean, when you just look at the offensive line last year, I feel like it was it was a lot of the same five that really got a majority of the run. You know, even over the course of four quarters, man. I mean, that's exhausting. So to just have bodies that I think you could feel comfortable bringing off the bench, I think Jonathan Dennis. You know, again, if he's healthy, I mean, talking to him on I guess it was Saturday before he committed on Sunday or maybe he committed Saturday I don't know what it was but I talked to it with the day that I talked to him um, you know he told me he probably won't be cleared for full contact until like the summer months like potentially May or June so you know I think this is a guy that could potentially ease his way in 
But yeah, man, I mean, you're talking about a local kid. I mean, played at Miami South Dade, you know, kind of spurned Miami to go play for Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal over there. Coming back now, he seems to have a renewed energy about playing with just, I mean, just rattled off names of guys he played with in high school. I mean, Tyreek Stevenson, Frank Ladson, DJ Ivy, Keyshawn Washington. People forget that Leonard Taylor spent a year at Miami, at Miami South Dade before he went to Palmetto. I mean, Leonard Taylor's one of his former teammates as well. So, you know, he's really excited to kind of, you know, come back down here, you know, really just carve out a role. I don't know if we should expect him to be a starter maybe down the road, you know, if he gets healthy. But, I mean, this is someone I think that they're excited about, someone that's familiar with what they're doing. So I think there's not really much of a, you know, a catching up type of thing in terms of terminology or, you know, just really the way they operate, practice and all those types of things. So I think that's a positive for him. I think for him it's just about getting healthy and then getting out there competing with some of these guys. Has Frank Ladson had a good spring as far as we know, a transfer receiver from Clemson? Because I, I did notice coming out of the uh, the second scrimmage, and the scrimmages are, are all so secretive, uh, but yeah. when Cristobal starts talking about a bunch of players, that's one name that I, I didn't really uh, hear him mention when he rattled off a bunch of receivers from the second scrimmage. So what's Frank Ladson been up to? Yeah, you know, just kind of talking to people around the program, it seems like this this back half of spring, uh, he's maybe started to emerge a little bit more. Again, a guy that's kind of like battled through injuries over the course of his career, you know, dating back to Clemson, kind of emerged early on, then kind of, again, kind of got bit by that injury bug, you know, on and off for the next couple of years. And now I think he's still in the process of just playing healthy, kind of finding his way again. I mean, there's no other receiver on Miami's roster that looks the way Frank Ladson does. I think out... I think outside of Michael Redding, there's not a six foot two plus guy, uh, 200 pound plus guy. Um, you know, Frank Ladson, I think, has a very unique body type. I think he, he brings a very different dynamic to Miami and just what this receiver room sort of hasn't really had. Uh, not saying he can be the Charleston Rambo type, but in terms of just his skill set, I mean, this was a sub 11, 100 uh, meter kid coming out of South Dade. So, I mean, verified speed numbers, uh, has the size, has, a, has the skill set that. You know, I think Miami's kind of been lacking. So I think, you know, if he's one guy that puts it all together, uh, yeah, I think he's someone that could really help in 2022. Uh, let's see if he does. I mean, again, kind of looking at the potential, it's there. But, I mean, that you know, bottom line is you got to produce. So got to see it from him. But, uh, you know, I think Frank Ladson's a guy that, you know, fans should kind of keep in the back of their mind as someone that could really come on at any time. Look, this time last spring, Charleston Rambo was not the Charleston Rambo that we came to know for Miami. I mean, Charleston Rambo was struggling with drops. He was kind of still sort of finding his own way. I mean, I think I'm not like comparing the two, but I think Ladson right now is on a similar trajectory where maybe he didn't come in here doing all the things that maybe people thought he was going to do, starting to pick it back up now, make some noise. And I think over the summer and even into the fall, um, you know, I think he could be a guy that just continues to trend in the right direction. I think that would be best case scenario for Tyler Van Dyke in that offense for sure. Yeah, and I'm glad you said the name Tyler Van Dyke because it's a good segue. Um, my listeners are going to want to strangle me if I go any longer without talking about the quarterbacks. <laughs> they come for the quarterbacks. And right. I think Miami's got a really strong quarterback room, but I also think that there's definitely some separation at the top. That uh, that for as much as I like Jake Garcia, there's plenty of separation now between Tyler Van Dyke and, and Jake. So uh, talk to me about the spring that Tyler has had so far. Yeah, man. I mean, I just think Tyler Van Dyke is a special talent, really. I mean, I think that's really what it just comes down to. And, you know, again, that's nothing about Jake Garcia that's negative or anything like that. But, I mean, when you saw what he did, especially in that back half of, of 2021, uh, you know, just the streak he went on of the 300-plus yards, three touchdowns over six consecutive games, something no other ACC passer had done in the history of the conference. And, you know, you kind of start going through the list. 
of quarterbacks that have played in the ACC. I mean, you start running into the Trevor Lawrence's and the, and the Jameis Winston's and the Deshaun Watson's and all those types of guys that put up crazy numbers. And, um, you know, Tyler Van Dyke was the first. So, you know, I think he really is just picking that, picking up where he left off. I think he has a true confidence that he is who he's sort of been. And, um, you know, I just think he's kind of taken it. You know, I think this time, maybe, again, this time, maybe last spring, just kind of going back to that again. I mean, everyone thought D.R. King was going to leave. Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia were going to duke it out this spring. And, you know, some people thought Jake Garcia was the more talented guy. And I think, I you know, if, yeah, a lot of people did. Look, I think people in Coral Gables did. Uh, you know, I really, really believe that i know that and um you know for tyler van dyke to just sort of take it the way he has has been incredible again i think that's i think it's the best case scenario for the program you know jake rc has been patient waiting his turn i think he's gonna i think everyone expects tyler van dyke to go pro i think it's going to be a very natural progression of the quarterback's uh position from this point on and i think that's how you want it in a college program and i think they're still really excited about the future what sort of differences are you expecting uh, in the offense that Josh Gaddis is going to run versus what TVD was in with uh, with uh, Rhett Lashley, uh, who went back to SMU the last couple of years? And how do you think this new offense can fit his skill set? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting because you kind of go and you watch Josh Gaddis's Michigan stuff. And, uh, you know, you might get led to believe that, oh, Miami is going to be a ground and pound type of team. I, I don't think so at all. You know, I don't think that's who that who but this Miami team is going to be. You know, he's been saying he's going to he's going to call this this offense, you know, to the personnel. I think the personnel right now tells you that, you know, you can definitely air it out. You definitely got a quarterback. I think if you want to get a better idea of Josh Gaddis's offense, I think you have to go back to when he was at Alabama with Jerry Judy and a lot of those guys, you know, those stud wide receivers that are that are all around there with two attack of a low tab. Wow. I can't even say his name right now with two <laughs> as, as a quarterback. And um, be careful. You know, the, the two of fans are going to come. Yeah, no, you, like, I'm, come I'm, I'm one day. of them. I think I just got tongue twisted <laughs> there. So, I mean, I'm just, I just disappointed myself. So um, yeah, you know, I think it's a lot of, you know, I think it's going to be pretty balanced. I think he wants to utilize the tight ends. I think he's going to want to air it out. I definitely think they're going to want to run the ball up front. I mean, that's who Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal are. Uh, I mean, these, these are offensive line guys. I mean, you just kind of see what they're even trying to do in the transfer portal, Alex. And, uh, you know, I think they're trying to beef up that offensive line a little bit more. They definitely want to be able to pound it. Um, you know, but I think they're going to try to be a balanced team that can just beat you in a multitude of ways. I mean, you watch a lot of these teams from around the country and that's how they get it done. It starts up front with those guys. And, you know, when you got the you got the quarterback that can sling it down the field, you keep defenses on their toes. I think Josh Gaddis is going to do a really good job of keeping these ACC coastal defenses on their toes. So last thing for you, how much more do you expect Miami to do in the portal here? Because a name that I'm looking at is Amarius Mims, an offensive yeah. lineman from Georgia who's in the portal. Could he be Miami bound and who else? Yeah, um, you know, I think I think Amarius Mims would probably be the biggest home run in the transfer portal right now. I mean, we have him at 24-7 sports as a top-ranked available player in the portal. I think we have a 94 grade on him, which is, you know, a very, a very serious four-star, I guess. Um, you know, he would be massive. I think you got to look at Akeem Mesador, the West Virginia defensive lineman. I'm getting, you know, some positive buzz in terms of where Miami stands in that one. He was just on an official visit this past weekend. Uh, Caleb Johnson, the UCLA linebacker, is a guy I know that they offered him that. You know, he's gonna he's gonna take an, an official visit starting on Tuesday. So, you know, I think a former teammate of Mitchell Gude, who's another UCLA, you know, edge rush defensive end guy that, um, you know, they're really close. And, you know, I think that Johnson could potentially join a Gude here in South Florida. You know, I think there's plenty. I think there's a lot of names, you know, still sort of on the board right now. DJ Coleman, a defensive lineman out of FCS Jacksonville State that uh, was a key part of beating Florida State in Tallahassee. In 2021, I'm sure Miami fans would love to hear that. I think he planted the Jacksonville State uh, flag 
right on the 50 yard line, right on the, on the, on the seminal logo. So, um, you know, definitely plenty of, of players on, on the board right now and plenty of guys are going after. I can see them just continuing to kind of get after it. They've been active and we love it. Gabby Arudia, make sure you check out his work inside the U.com at 24 seven sports. Gabby, thank you so much, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your week. Absolutely. Down. Thank you so much, man. Now, I know we are all going to enjoy draft week. Now for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28, tune in to Locked On NFL Drafts live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, Catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Locked On NFL Draft Live located on the NFL Draft YouTube page, Odyssey NFL Mock Draft, Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. This is all taking place, guys. Locked On NFL Draft Live, April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, April 29th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, April 30th, 11.30 a.m. Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be April 18th, 22nd, and 25th. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked On Canes. You know, this channel, it's growing so fast. Uh, this is episode number eight of my tenure here as we just revived the Locked On Canes show about a week and a half ago. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this right now, you already know where to find the audio podcast. Wherever you download your pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, uh, so make sure while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and a nice review if you have a few seconds to do that. But keep watching this space uh, because we are growing. We're going to be debuting on YouTube within the next week. So that'll give you an option. Instead of just listening to us, you can also see us, see my guests, and all the fun that comes along with that. Former players that join the show every week, former University of Miami football players. So there certainly is uh, a lot of extra stuff coming. Uh, so make sure you follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnCanes. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. I love tweeting about the Canes, among other things. I'm a University of Miami alum, a longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including Hurricanes pre- and post-game shows on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. So uh, Miami Hurricanes football, basketball, and even a little bit of baseball is a big, big part of my feed as well. Uh, and if you follow me at Alex Dono, good chance I follow you back. But if you follow our show account at Locked On Canes, there's a 100% chance we will follow you back. We follow back everyone. And we're going to be tweeting a lot right before, during, and right after the University of Miami spring game this coming Saturday. Really looking forward to see who steps up in a big way at the spring game. Tyler Van Dyke has had some really good practices. Uh, reports coming out of the super top secret scrimmages have been he looks very good there. I want to see him spreading the football around, finding his weapons. But yeah, I think we've all kind of come to accept and love, hopefully cherish the fact that Tyler Van Dyke is head and shoulders right now above the other quarterbacks on this roster. But I think we all want to get a look at numbers two and three, if not even number four, because I want to give some love to Peyton Matoka as well. But Jake Garcia, the backup quarterback, we were talking about him with Gabby, Gabby Yerudia. A lot of people think Jake Garcia, uh, at least heading into last season, even more talented than Tyler Van Dyke. Happy he stuck around and didn't hit the transfer portal. He's obviously going to get opportunities to play in the spring game. Uh, last year in the spring game, when TVD and Garcia split reps, 
I thought Garcia last year in the spring game looked better than TVD did. So we'll see how Garcia looks this year, and we're going to see how the true freshman, Ja'Cory Brown, looks in the spring game. He certainly looks the part. He's got a very good arm. He's already got great size at the position despite being 18-year-old early enrollee freshman. So, yeah, there is a lot to look forward to this week. So make sure you keep track of us at Locked on Canes on Twitter, at Alex Dono on Twitter, because we will be adding our YouTube show on our YouTube channel within the next week. So you won't only be able to listen to us, you'll be able to see us as well. And most of all, thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now go and make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, later this week on this podcast, we're going to be taking an even deeper dive on recruiting And we are going to get insight from the Locked On Ducks host. That's Locked On Oregon Ducks. Spencer McLaughlin is going to join us uh, on Thursday's episode. And we're going to talk about Mario Cristobal's time at Oregon. Game day coaching, recruiting, all of that good stuff here on Locked On Canes.